here's to you know figuring things out and sometimes figuring things out means taking a close look at yourself right right like you know gosh trying to um, represent that to the outside world yeah like straight up because if me at 16 or 17 in like 2003 2000 oh no i'm sorry 2005 Uh um like if you if you would have said hey britain reinstra in like 10 years you're gonna suck a dick to celine dion (laughs) Uh, i would i would literally try to get in a physical fight with you yeah yeah i could see that at at that point Uh uh-huh certainly but you know about 10 years down the road i came to a point where like Am I sucking a dick to Celine Dion? <laughs> you know, and then like sometimes that's just where life throws you, you know, and when yeah. you find yourself in that position, you you gotta, you know, realize, hey, life is a highway and you are currently riding it giving roadhead. All night long. You know? <laughs> um Yeah. Life life is like a highway. Uh-huh. And I know then my highway will go on. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the name of this episode. My highway will go on. Okay, I actually like that one. Yeah. Let's do that. yeah. Huh? Uh, what, what what have you been up to, Dom? What's uh what's your life? Oh, about? you know, just basically trying to keep my head above water, honestly. Like um mm-hmm. I've been working a lot and work is stressful because yeah. coronavirus sucks. Right. Do you, do you, um, has your work provided like a date yet when you're going to get vaccinated? No. Oh, really? that's a bummer. Mine has. Interesting. Even though I might not be there in time. Because uh... <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're considered an essential worker. We are and, considered essential. Yeah. And at this point, so essential workers, um, in Washington state are slated for April, uh, May and June. Interesting. Yeah, so they, hopefully you get it somewhere in there, but but I don't know if that's gonna like be all retail. Um, yeah, it's definitely for like grocery stores, like because I mean, thankfully, I mean the one I fucking uh, my union fucking sucks, man. My that, union's fucking. You garbage. hate but to see a bad one, union. One one thing they are good at is lobbying for like at least. So so. My union was really good at lobbying for the Seattle Six Safe laws, which I feel are fantastic, honestly, okay. or at least at least in in America, fantastic. It's always weird. How do you like my Orange Lives Matter flag, by the way? <laughs> uh, it looks pretty good. This is um, really just. Does that is that like people who fuck to Chester Cheetah porn? Is that is are those orange lives? I didn't think about it that way. I I, I thought it was more like Halloween stands and like Jack Skellington. Uh, like yeah, oh, I guess those are orange lives, uh, orange fo- and black lives. At fo- least folks, folks who wear uh, demonia and um, uh huh. I wore uh, demonia shoes for a, a long time. Did you know demonia that demonia shoes are actually not so bad? They made my favorite shoes of all time. They were, I mean, they were terribly Did made shoes, but they looked really or? cool. But they yeah. they were basically just like converse knockoffs like low top converse knockoffs except mm. on the sole it had like this like demon like screaming demon demon face that was like screaming 
And it was dope. And so, like, every time I went to the beach and I walked on the beach, there was all these, like, demon faces in the beach. I was like, this That's is the cool. sickest shit ever. So, I, like, yeah. I bought the shoes in, in sets of, like, two or three or four. Like, I'd oh, buy really? a bunch of them at a time because oh, they're really cheap. So they're, like, 20 I, I bucks a piece. I thought you had just high-top black Converse. I always well, thought that was your thing. Well, that was my thing was, later on. Uh, this yeah, this was I mean, in my earlier 20s. So, this was maybe, yeah. like, 20 oh, okay. to 25-ish because yeah. they stopped making them. I still do have one pair in box in my closet because I'm saving them forever because they're my favorite shoes of all time. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're yeah. sick as fuck. I still wish they still made them. So wear them. Yeah. Hate yeah. to see it. You know, you know who else wears um, like exclusively black high top Converse? Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, the the one person I've seen them wear like exclusively is Colin Marston. I mean, yeah, uh, I, over, I could over, over the period of like maybe seven or eight years I've seen him perform, I've never seen him wear another pair of shoes than yeah. high top black Converse. They're the best. Uh, well, actually, they're not the they're, best, they're, but they're, there are some they're, variants they're of them that are good. They're fine. Yeah, they're, I, I for, like the, for um, the price. They're they're great shoes. They're versatile. Uh, they have a feeling close to the ground. If you're working. And like moving around a lot during the day, they're fine. If you're standing in one place, they're not they're good. Fucking terrible. No. They're fucking terrible. Well, they're fucking terrible. What ones are really good are the the mm-hmm. um. I have uh one of the pairs of high top black Converse that's like the heavy duty ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, like the Gore Tex ones. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're I some think good they're, series. They're one of like, those. Yeah, they're a little yeah. pricier, but they're really nice shoes. I bought my <laughs> pair a year and a half ago, and they're just now kind of like kind of falling apart. And mm. I wear them every single day, and I'm no. super hard on shoes. I gotta say, they're like some of the most durable shoes I've ever bought, mm. and I they're dog, totally worth the price. Dog, you gotta you gotta you gotta uh, have you have you uh, worn the Adidas I gave you yet? Yeah, I, I did wear them a little they're, bit. They're, they're, they're pretty comfortable, actually. They're pretty fun, right? No, they're <laughs> yeah. super comfortable. They're super weird, and they like yeah, for I sure. Mean, especially because you're a skinny guy with big feet, you know, kind of yeah. like me, like a tall skinny guy. Like <laughs> they add a weird dimension, and they make you look almost clownish, but yeah. in like a kind of a sick gothy way. I don't uh, know. Whoop, whoop. I, I, I'm a really big fan of them. I bought both of those pairs, um, and so I, I bought the exact same pair in size 12 and 13 uh-huh. and uh intending to like return the one that didn't fit me and that's the one i gave you because i just didn't nice. return it and i was like you know what i think i could give this to spencer eventually and Sick. so Thank now you. now we have pretty much like literally the exact same fit we gotta do that of, yeah yeah we gotta well, walk we, around if we do anything live yeah, yeah yeah i can uh-huh. we gotta we gotta just wear that fit 100 percent, and be fucking dumb oh yeah you you love to see matching outfits. You love to see uh, uh, you do like like choreography too. You love no, to see so, that. So the thing is, like when I see um, like heterosexual couples with matching outfits, I'm like, uh. <laughs> but if I ever see like bros in matching outfits, I'm like, bitches. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a cool shit like when friends match yeah that's that cool shit it's really cool it i think really it's very cool. dope it is it's like and that's that's the thing that's the thing i think we need to like i don't know like normalize society more it's like people yeah. being like intentionally cool together i think that that is a wonderful thing right like uh yeah. like picnics i think are really cool that's the thing picnics that should be cool. a, more of a thing 
Mm. You know what's really cool is um like in the Warriors, like violent uh-huh. gangs of people who yes. wear similar outfits. How cool is that? Right? Like what's what the what okay, here's the thing. Okay, when I was a kid, no, I have a real, like I have a story about this. Camo and bootcut jeans. Uh, that's that's the reason um, January six happened, and we don't <laughs> we don't um, we don't really want to repeat that necessarily. Like if we repeated that, like on a on a very left wing level, in an actual like real legitimate lovely government takeover, where it's not like, hey, we don't know what we're doing, but more like. Hey, we know what we're doing, and you don't serve the people, so we're going to. Um, now, I th- I think that'd be okay. I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about January sixth. Do you? I'm so confused because I was talking for part of that, and I missed like the whole setup for what you were saying. So I have no oh. idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Because it like it, it, it like out. mutes you when I'm talking, so it's like oh, sometimes I can't hear what you're saying. That's that's fair. That's fair. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay, dog. Um uh I'm sorry. In in less case, uh let's skip that. Uh do you remember what you were saying? Nothing that interesting. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> I was just gonna make a joke. Um <laughs> Okay, so when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh I honestly genuinely thought that being in a gang meant you all wore the same outfit and you went and did activities together crime yeah. activities but activities nonetheless yeah, you no know? that's that's not untrue i mean at least in like the context of the 90s when you grew up like sure okay gang, i mean was that like, really the case though i mean i guess i don't know it, it kind of was i mean at least with like um the predominant gangs that were getting a lot of news attention, like Bloods and Crips in LA and Chicago, like it was, you know, Bloods wear all red, Crips wear all blue. It doesn't seem smart to like identify yourself though if you're getting up to crime. <laughs> like, I know, right? And that's and that's the thing. It's like, oh, um, this is such a complicated subject, though. Like. I know, the, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I, oh I guess more like, my point was when yeah. I found out it wasn't exactly like, hey, you dress, you all dress in the same outfit and go do mm-hmm. activities. No. It lost a lot of its luster for me. And I was less interested in being in a gang despite the allure of illicit drugs. I mean, you, you, we, we, we are in the Joker gang, gamers. Rise up. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop, uh, whoop the other day whoop, I put whoop. on, um, a uh, a live performance so so at work i have this computer like at the crux uh of the hallway where like everyone have to, has to pass like all the time right uh-huh and so for that reason i can't watch porn on my computer unfortunately but you've but, been playing films you told me about I, that I, yeah i've been playing films and now i've been playing like live concerts oh so, good so this week um i have uh found decent rips at least of most of the shows on the two main stages at Woodstock 1999. Excellent. It's a, so a, a wise choice. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking Limp Biscuit. Hell I'm yeah. I'm talking Creed. Hell yeah. I'm talking Godsmack. Oh, hell I'm yeah. I'm talking Corn. Hell I'm talking yeah. Kid Fucking Rock. Hell Mega yeah. Mega Death. Hell um, yeah. I mean, uh, Chemical Brothers, like it is, Hell yeah. it is exactly what you expect, uh, out of 
1999 in like a concert series that's organized by people who are only looking to capitalize on like a cultural phenomenon from 30 years ago. <laughs> and you know, wow, that's, that's a why, statement. That's a, that's, that's a, why, that's a big statement right here's there. Here's the thing. And that's why right now I'm announcing I am in the planning stages of Woodstock 2029, not based on the Woodstock 69, but based on Woodstock 99. <laughs> I want to have the worst, biggest shit show of a riot burning down a small town in New York of all time. And that's what I'm proposing. So Wait, did that if, happen? Yeah. So so I believe Oh, right, right, right. Okay, Ro sorry. Ro I, Ro I forgot Ro what New York which, which, Woodstock we're So yeah. So uh Woodstock 94 yeah. went off pretty well actually. Uh and you know, you had some really Who, who headlined 94? I don't know who headlined it. Uh the 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 con the shows I really remember out of there, I want to say Metallica was a big one. Uh, Green Day had a great set on there, and Nine Inch Nails, in my opinion, had the best set. Nice on Woodstock '94. Like, I mean, that's. Um, oh wow! The yeah, this lineup is cool. Yeah, yeah. You want to name the lineup there? Uh, yeah. Hold on one second. I'm still bringing it up. Uh... There's a lot on here. Sorry, the, yeah, yeah. the way that this is uh, it, it's fine. set up uh, is like hard to read. Okay, oh, so we got like mm. we got stuff like Cypress Hill, uh, okay. Nine Inch Nails, Aerosmith, okay. Melissa Etheridge, yeah, Wow, The Cranberries, mm -hmm. okay, uh, the band featuring Bruce Hornsby. Wow, Whoa! <laughs> full stop. The band featuring Bruce fucking Hornsby. Oh yeah, that that is the catch right there. I mean, honestly, like no one who went to Woodstock '94 was like, oh yeah, the. Oh, I mean, uh, maybe a couple <laughs> people were like the band, but like fucking Bruce Hornsby. This is um, I mean, this is after he went solo three years after he departed with the Grateful Dead. Wow. And so, like, I mean, at this point, he was like the most legitimate uh dad piano material like oh truly yeah there's i mean if you're He's a if dad you're piano god hornsby in 94 like you are either um uh someone's stepdad <laughs> or you are a true motherfucker yeah up. true metal motherfucker and, I, and that's what i consider myself because i i stand hornsby hard yeah. And you know this. Um, actually, you know what? Your horn for Hornsby. You know what? Cue musical break. Uh, here's here's a, a song about Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And we're back. Yo, I'm higher than Bruce Hornsby in 1990 and smoking that deadhead tree. Yo, he ain't be as high as I be with this here bong and this medical weed that I procured. My mind gets weird and I hear strange things in my ears and sometimes ghosts appear. Some of all my fears went clear. I must come near my mind before I find I've intertwined reality and sanity. My mind's in kind hyperbole. These dang trees I'm smoking by the keys. And Bruce Hornsby, you see. 
I think Bruce Hornsby is the key to this whole thing In 1986, he and Lorraine released the way it is But you probably know what better is two Fox changes Because you probably do not listen to Bruce Hornsby, bitch Said you don't pump that Hornsby And you know you probably should You know I'm pumping big swing face when I roll up in the hood And the reason for my rhyming is the best of all the time You know he doing his thing with the piano Here we go, play that funky shit, uh-uh We tight like brothers and rolling deep Playing accordion and covers of radio It's creep, we get ice cream and share Cause we're friends and we care, look at me I'm friends with Bruce Hornsby, we have fun together And I like the way he looks at me We watch movies, pillow fight, and sometimes I stay the night Sometimes I think I want to be his boyfriend And then I realize that it's all pretend I don't know Bruce Hornsby 1987, Bruce Hornsby won a Grammy It was here I was conceived and I believe inside of me I was conceived of that album because I look like him and I smell like him And I know everything about him and if he said he was my daddy You know I would not doubt him I love that Bruce Hornsby, the way the French love wine And I wanna listen to him sing and play piano all the time He gets better with age like leaving grapes on a vine And I would gladly kidnap him but I'm told that's a crime See his picture in a magazine, can't fancy to be specific And his eyes are so dreamy his hair is terrific His whole goddamn discography's so fucking prolific That if he opened up his butthole I would gladly lick it if he let me inside You know that I would blow it in ten seconds flat But then I'd come right back I'd get hard like a rock And do it three more times I would gladly fuck Bruce But I'm told that's a crime You know he's so in love And I think you know it Cause he likes to do the little things And really show it Brings me flowers, fucks for hours Leaves hot water for my showers I would make him live forever if I had them Sith powers We have fun together And I like the way he looks at me We watch movies, pillow fight And sometimes I stay the night Sometimes I think I wanna be his boyfriend And then I realize that it's all pretend I'm a delusional schizophrenic And we're back yeah. That was a song I did about Bruce Hornsby That, that is the, exactly what that is I hope it made you uncomfortable because it made it, Spencer uncomfortable. It always, a lot of your music makes me uncomfortable. You know what? <laughs> and like, I don't mean that in a negative no, way. I, no, I mean, you can't mean it in a negative way because that's my intent. And so like, you telling me that is like, that makes, uh, that, that makes, that, that gives me a. Actually, oh. that's actually not true. Only one mm. song of yours makes me uncomfortable. What's All that? of the other ones are fine. Mm. But. You know what? Um, we can talk about that. What what song makes you uncomfortable, Spencer? <laughs> you you told me that the Bruce Hornsby song made you uncomfortable when I, I sent it to you. So I think I said it was disturbing. Okay, I, I dis- okay, that that that's that's a little different. Like that's, it that's is a little different. No, uh, the only um, song of the of yours that made me uncomfortable was your uh, okay. So I sent you a hip hop beat a long time ago, and then. You recorded a song to it, and mm-hmm. you sent it to me, but you... Well, you didn't send it to me. You, you put it in our Dropbox, and you never told me that you sent it to me. Okay. And so I just found it randomly, and I was uh-huh. like, what? Brid made a thing with this beat? Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. And so like, I played it, and it was all about anal sex, the whole thing. Oh, no, uh, no. Bring lube. Yeah. Lube. No, so, yeah, yeah. So we talked uh, about so this. So I haven't listened to it since then. I only listened yeah, you, to it the one time and oh, I was well, like, what well, the that, fuck? It's interesting. <laughs> so, um, 
Gosh, I put that on the end of one of our episodes because we talked about it during the episode and how it made you uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and common I to for it me again. to bring it up. It's not that uncomfortable. Yeah, it's pretty I, fucking funny. I, I should know, listen like, to it again. I, no, you... I mean, um, I, I can either send you the song or... I have just, the song. Or just tell you the episode. Like, yeah, because it's like... It's really not that uncomfortable. I, I imagine it's fine it's, now. It's silly... That it's, was like that was a long time yeah. ago though. That was like right, seven right. years ago. Right, and exactly, and that's that's the thing too. Is like, I mean, you've become a uh, a much more worldly, uh, I Truly. imagine, sexually expressive person since then. <laughs> Certainly. And so, like, now you'll listen to the song. And you're like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, oh, shit, they're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're right. I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. Hell yeah. Brit. Brit. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yes. Um, ooh, the Optimist by Fort George. It's that a is beer. a good beer. That is a very Fort good George beer. Brewing in Astoria, Oregon, is mm-hmm. my favorite brewery, they, and I've been there a number mm-hmm. of times. It's a great you? little brewery. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not a, a, as big of a fan of it as, since they expanded. They're they're much bigger now. But like when yeah. I used to go there, like back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean literally like eight ish, ten ish years ago. Mm-hmm um like it was like a small little place and like yeah. i really liked it it's really cool it's so great they, they make some amazing it's, beer it's i really great. like no. this beer a lot they're they're some of my favorite day drinking beer so um i'm gonna give two strong recommends here uh oh yeah city of dreams sorry city of dreams city no 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 I was, that one's I was, so uh, good i was i was gonna say uh actually two of their very first like mainstream tall boys Cavatica uh, out Cavatica Stout, of course, yeah. is a that's so fucking good. Stout, it's very um, it's woody, but not very full. It's, yeah, yeah, um, it's like a it, little it, syrupy, but like only yeah. in like a really good. Right, like, it feels like you're drinking, and you're like, man, yeah. this is fucking good. It, it, this it's, is. It's like mm. it's 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 not heavy. I'd say it's like yeah. a medium bodied beer, but the it has a smokiness to it. It has a real body to it. It has a real darkness to it. It's like um. It's like the thin goth of beers. <laughs> um, and also the Vortex IPA has just oh, such so good. a phenomenal hot profile. I don't know exactly what's in there, but it's like, it's got heavy citrus tones. It's almost like, I don't know, in a way like lightly, like almost a red wine vinegar, I guess. Um, it's It's got, um, it's got like a very bright Mediterranean feel to it. But like the body is heavy to it, it's it's a it's a good heavy drinking IPA. Like if you um, <laughs> okay, um, yeah. yes, I completely agree with you. Vortex IPA is sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, we got to talk about Woodstock '94 a little bit more. So I'm going to yeah. pivot us back there. Yeah, yeah, please, um, please. Because so, let me give you a fact. Are you ready mm-hmm. for a Woodstock fact? Uh, Woodstock facts. Woodstock facts. Woodstock facts. Woodstock facts. Woodstock facts. Woodstock facts. This is terrible. Let's we're so off to this. This is fucking awful. You should you should just like mash that all together for like a very quick thing, just very very quick. That's what it's gonna sound like. It's it's gonna sound like three cats killing five cats. Mm. it's uh not gonna nice. be pleasant that's that's a mental uh, image okay so check yeah. this out 
Woodstock 94 has also been referred to as Mudstock or Mudstock 94, partly due to the rainy weather that resulted in mud pits and the aforementioned performances of Nine Inch Nails Mm -hmm. and Primus. Yep. Oh, Primus. I do remember Primus was a big thing in there. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails and Primus. Dude, uh, that's, that's so uh, sick in '94. God, I bet that ripped. Yeah, but that was honestly, a fun show. It did, like Peter Gabriel also played the Spin Doctors. Ooh, um, Green Day, a... as you mentioned, Santana. Oh, Santana. Oh uh, my God, that's a yeah. Ooh, that's Salt and a Peppa. Spicy lineup. Salt and Peppa played in Metallica. Wait, was Santana the only artist there from the original Woodstock that played? I imagine. Ah, uh, no, there were there were quite a few. Cause so really the John the band. Maybe? So the the band uh, was a big one because they featured really? quite the ba- a few the people. The band was on the original Woodstock. Well, so they featured. So they their huh. set featured quite a few people who played with Grateful Dead. Um, so like that was their okay, kind of yeah. like tribute oh, to yeah, the original yeah, okay. Woodstock. So that, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, hmm, interesting because like Bruce Hornsby was not around at all for the original Woodstock. Like sure. Bruce Hornsby only really hit the scene in like the late eighties with the. Uh, uh, the range. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, so Hornsby, guess, so check wait, this wait, out. Can, we got, can, we got can, other can bands. We, we haven't wait, even wait, talked wait, about hold, all the bands up. yet. Can we, can we pause? I'm going to pause real quick and just uh-huh. say Bruce Hornsby fucking rules. We know. Hard, harder, harder than you could ever imagine. If you're uh-huh. listening to my voice right now and you don't fuck with Bruce Hornsby, you need to. 100%. Like, yeah. dude is a musical genius beyond what I can ever imagine. He brings light into my life with mm-hmm. how he plays and how he sings and his ideas. Motherfucker's real. Motherfucker's real, real, real. Okay, sorry, continue. Woodstock 94. Woodstock 94, you know, it sounds like a good time. That's a show I would like to have seen. I guess Absolutely. I say, 100%. Like, you Apex know, we Twin were, also played. We were we were uh what five and six at the time, yeah. And so we wouldn't have appreciated that. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. Um, but you know we do appreciate these bands now. And you 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 have seen Nine Inch Nails live. I have. And it yeah. disappoints me because you saw them when you were not a fan of them, and it yeah. made you a fan of them. It truly did. But at the time, I was a huge fan of them, and I've still always been a fan of them. And I I just I regret so not good. seeing that, but. But I will see them eventually, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Trent Reznor is a very healthy person who likes to tour a lot. Yeah. And so truly. I will see him eventually, straight up. Absolutely. Like, and it will like, be worth it because yeah, they're still he's, fucking amazing. Yeah. So. No, he's he's one of those people like, um, you know, like like Phil Collins. Like, e- whether you like him or not, you'll be able to see him eventually because he's just very healthy and uh, does what he does and keeps, like, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I'm gonna go on record and say, and I, I do not like Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate Phil Collins. I just um, hateful Collins, hateful I, Collins, mm, hateful uh, Collins. That's that's actually a fucking sick grind. Quote <laughs> yeah, <name>. hateful <laughs> Collins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, especially uh, if like the 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 last word is spelled like the the drink Collins made with a uh, simple syrup and uh, like ooh, lemon juice, a hateful Collins. Yeah. That would be like um, 
it's a uh, Everclear rum, uh, simple syrup, and lemon juice. Sure. That's a hateful Collins right there. Yeah. Yeah. Alcohol and sugar. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm, wow. just, just like hateful alcohol. Like alcohol that makes you unhappy. Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britain Ryan Straw. Since 2011, Buckethead has released 284 albums in his Pike series. And we're going to listen to them. Three at a time. This is Getting Head. Oh, Bucket Slogs, friends, and bucketheads. This is episode 15 of Getting Head, a bucket cast. Wow. It's been it's been a while. It's been a journey. We're here. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. I mean, it's it's always we been made it. It's, um, can you believe it? I, I can barely I, believe it. I feel like I mean we're, we're still on like the fellowship of the ring, but like, you know, we're we're at the part when like the whole gang gets together, Gandalf's all up in their shit. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Elrond. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say we're, like, right at the Elrond point at this point. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, you're, we, you're we've kinda, surpassed, like, you know the what? introduction. Say, You've gotten say, to know us a little mm. bit. We've talked about ourselves. Mm. We've talked about Buckethead. Mm. We've talked mm. about the world, you know? Yeah, we've yeah, talked yeah. about life, the universe, and everything. And mm-hmm. we're learning about ourselves as we learn about you and Buckethead himself. Wow. Honestly, that was super Elrond of you, dog. I'm an elvish motherfucker, dude. I, I, I know this. I know this. Um, do you have elf ears? I don't know. Have you, oh, wow. Mm, interesting. I could. The that other, could be fun. The other day I was talking to a friend about um, how like they did like an elf cosplay with their partner and they just like ended up like basically cosplaying elf sex. And I was cool. like, <laughs> you know what? That's a fetish I didn't know I had, but thank you. Because, like, sure, I honestly think that's a thing that I kind I'm... of amazing. You never played WoW. There's a lot of good elf stuff in there. No, I've 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 actually never played WoW in my life, and that's that's I think incredible for a person like me. Like, honestly, like, yeah, yeah and yeah, and right? like, here's the thing. Like, I and I wouldn't even necessarily say that like it's a game that you would need to spend a lot of time on, right? But but, but it's something you know I feel me, like, like you should experience so you know what it is. Right? Like it's. I it's, mean, because you know how I've grinded on things in my uh-huh. past, and you know, like how I've I like mean, you I've, like Diablo, right? right. Like and you, was, you know, and, and I was probably I'm gonna say maybe the earliest PC builder you actually knew, maybe. Sure. No, you weren't, but, well, but still, I was, sure. I was still like early ages of like. I mean, I, I might have been like the first like close friend you had who was like into building PCs. Sure, I, I built, of my I built, age group, I built, yes. I built two PCs, like, very high-grade PCs in the time that I knew you. Um, Excellent. But both of them, for some reason... Well, actually, you know, um, 
the reason they didn't run uh, DAWs very well is because I pirated like the newest version of uh, Sony Acid, and um, pirating software is dumb, and you shouldn't do it. I mean, you should. You should. I mean, yeah, you should. You should when it like runs really well. However, DAWs, honestly, yeah. um. If you buy them, they work better. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, be certainly because like that, that gives you access to updates and like yeah, updates no, are like really the, the updates, the patches, like everything. Like it always works better if you buy DAWs, and so that's um, that's honestly the one thing I would recommend not pirating. That's going to be an early recommendation in this episode. Oh yeah, and especially because a lot of those like popular uh, like DAW torrents definitely mm-hmm. have a bunch of malware attached. Absolutely. Which you don't want to have on your system, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Oh, no. So, Absolutely. Don't recommend. Nope. Big non-recommend, to be honest. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it, it's amazing. I, I, I pirated music software for a very long time, like when I was learning how to use it and everything. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I pirated, uh, you know, DAWs and plugins and and all sorts of, and synths, you know, all this shit. Yeah. And... It was a really cool experience to be able to learn how to use that stuff. Right. And I really feel like piracy enabled me to do that in a way that 100%. like nothing else could. And now I'm at a point like financially and like at like a user level mm-hmm. where like I know what I want and right. I do buy music software. I buy exactly. plugins. I buy no, like 100%. I have like my like, version of Logic. Yeah. I've purchased this. Yeah. Um, I have my own license for, for the plugins mm-hmm. that I use. And I take pride in that because the plugins that I purchase, like uh, I know what I'm purchasing and I get the most that I can out of them. And mm-hmm. I feel very grateful to have uh, updates <laughs> for those plugins. No, hundred percent. Like, and it's great. So, so I mean, um, so I'm, I'm going to actually give a straight shout out to the plugins that drive this podcast. 100% right now. Are you sure. ready? Yeah. Play it um, on me. So, uh, the, this whole thing is produced on, um, pr- propeller head reason, uh, the newest version. Cause you know, I, I stay up to date. It's, uh, just the most fantastic thing I've ever worked with only, mm-hmm. I mean, specifically because like, there, honestly, I do realize, I think there are better DAWs out there. Like Ableton is more comprehensive. It has more flexibility, uh, logic, um, is, more compact runs better on mac however propeller had reason because i learned how to make music mostly on racks and like doing live sound this is what makes sense to me cool and it, that's yeah. rad i haven't yeah. gotten to use reason in a really long time because no. when i was using it and i mm. did use it for quite a few years when yeah. I was using it, I was using pirated versions of it, oh, and yeah, now yeah. they and, they do and, their and those their are kind of glitchy straight up. Like, they they do their lock thing, yeah, so you have to like have the I, dongle, I the or you last, have to have like the app running that like authenticates it. The yeah. iLock shit. Yeah, I, I think the last solid crack of Reason was five point oh. Yeah, and Reason that, five. That's when yeah. still I think Reason was really in its infancy. That was back in like maybe two thousand six or something like that. Uh, it was oh. a little later than that. It was like two thousand ten, but okay. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's, um, it, it has really grown into, honestly, its own thing, its own DAW at this point. You know, I've, um, I've tried to use both Ableton and Fruity Loops in the last couple of years, and, uh, I just don't, 
I don't quite get it as much, you know? I mean, it's, it is comprehensive. It does have a lot of flexibility, honestly, kind of the same flexibility in my opinion. It's just, I've learned so many of the, like the little tricks on uh reason that I just, you know, that's what I go for now. Hell yeah, dude. It's all the DAWs do the same shit. It's just yeah. about finding the workflow right, that works absolutely. for you. Mm-hmm. And whatever but, um, doesn't matter. I like so, logic a lot, but so so to you know, go to teach the, um, the the VSTs, the the plugins that really run this podcast. Hit me. It's uh honestly all waves. Nice. Waves makes some absolutely incredible shit. Um their max volume plugin for vocals is fucking incredible everything sounds full deep rich beautiful you don't have to uh double your vocal track and um you know detune it like um joey DeMaio on <laughs> his man of war podcast <laughs> oh my god man of war living man-o-war. on the road not anymore though yeah I mean, no matter worse, I mean, they're still touring. They still tour. Well, no, they're not playing now. Nobody's I mean, playing now. Yeah, I mean, not right now, but like they have like a 2000, 2021 like tour scheduled for some places. It's not going to happen. I kind of hope not. Like, imagine, like, I mean, Man of War fans in Europe are probably just like super spreaders, dude. All of them. Yeah, they're just like the worst people in Europe. <laughs> That's what I was like. <laughs> The metalheads in America are like some of the best people in America, but I feel like the metalheads in Europe are probably the worst people in Europe. I don't know. I would love to go to some shows out there. I think that would be really interesting culturally. Yeah. I would like to do that. I've never been to Europe or the UK or any of that stuff, you know. Brit. Yeah, what's up? I really need you to hit me. With that bucket knowledge, okay? Hit me with a bucket fact. Wow. This is this is maybe the second time you've actually remembered this. I know. I'm trying I'm turning I, over. I held out for over an hour for you to do this, but I I, I appreciate that you did. Uh-huh. Bucket fact, 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 bucket fact. So um today I'm gonna hit us with um something a little special. Um, instead of, I guess, a bucket fact, I'm going to give us a bucket mom. Bucket mom. So Buckethead's mom, Nancy York Carroll, whom Buckethead loved very much. Mm-hmm. When Buckethead moved away from Claremont, California to San Francisco in the late nineties to, um, pursue his career in music he quote um was sad mm-hmm. and missed them so he wrote a song called i love my parents uh-huh. yeah and um since then the song has appeared on at least three buckethead albums and also the soundtrack of the amazing film Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, I watched that the other day. It's so good. Well, you you might have experienced some some bucket up in there. That's amazing. I didn't realize. Yeah, so it's all bucket several, connected. 
it's everything is bucket connected dog uh-huh. ever so several buckethead projects are dedicated to uh nancy uh-huh. including pike 65 uh called hold me forever uh-huh. in memory of my mom nancy york carroll uh which was made about a year after she died uh-huh. and also reportedly the untitled pike 43 that we listened to today. Yep, which was apparently recorded around her passing. This is true, yeah. And that's, uh, so we listened to, uh, we listened to three new Pikes. Yeah, we did. Pikes yeah. in 43, and the, the, 44, and 45. Yeah, uh, respectively, Pike 43, untitled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pike 44, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. And Pike 45... The Coats of Claude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Pike 43 was released on January 21st, 2014. Mm-hmm. But um, much like Pike 13, it is one of the few untitled Pikes. And on Pike mm-hmm. 13, he's seen, like, hugging his dad. And Pike 13 is actually the time, um, right around when his dad retired due to poor health. Uh, His dad uh, used to be like a, um, a physical education director for a school district. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But like right around 2013, he retired due to poor health. And right around that time, Buckethead uh, recorded and released Pike 13, which, you know, personally is one of my favorite Pikes. It's very emotive. It's got a picture of him and his dad hugging on the cover. It's like it's quite beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah, it's super deep. It's uh, it's some real shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think Pike Forty Three is some real shit. In that, some real shit. I liked it. Mm. It's a very emotive mm. Pike, and we you, if you've listened to any of this so far, you know that we appreciate when we appreciate a bucket emotion. We do, you know. Bucket emotion, and like this is a mode of music in that same vein, and uh, yeah. it's quite nice. It is, yeah. It's um, I mean, it is nice, but it's sad. Like, yeah, there, it, it's melancholy. I'll say that it is not like, entirely melancholy. There is one true, true. song, uh, I forget which song exactly. It's in the earlier half of the album that is a little bit more upbeat. Um, yeah. That said, though, the majority of it is quite melancholy. Yeah. And I, 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 one thing that I really liked about this one is it, is, mm-hmm. is it builds to like a... Um, the last song in the album builds to like a, a more upbeat, like kind of almost, I hate the description, but an epic guitar solo. And yeah, no, uh, I get that. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I felt like the album so, really earned it um, because the rest mm-hmm. of it is is very like melancholic it's very mellow it's very atmospheric and right. then it builds to this like big like soaring guitar solo at the end it was, it was fun mm-hmm. it was really good i liked it a lot huh. yeah and so <clears throat> i think the uh the more like um the less mel- melancholy track you were talking about uh was probably track two and yeah there's six tracks on this album all of them are just track one track two track three uh etc mm-hmm. um but like track two was like really a fantastic and clean like electric delayed guitar composition. Yeah. Um 
and it was like super like post rock, right? Yeah, it reminded me um, a lot of like like walking around music in like JRPGs, like like you're kinda, like in you know, a town you know it, and like you know remind- it's like that kind of a vibe. You know what it really reminded me of the most, to be honest? Um, God, do you remember that fucking <clears> band <throat> we played with all the time with uh, Kelsey McGee oh, yeah. and Andy Shmasha? What, what the fuck I don't that remember band the name called? of that band. I know, they were so cool, though, right? That post-rock band that we always played with in Alaska, yeah. like the one that I always invited to play with our shows just because like, they were something different and cool. Like mm-hmm. they 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 were fucking great. I miss that shit. Um, that that's what this this whole album actually reminded me of, though. Um, I mean the guitars were a little more competent <laughs> and uh, clean, but you know that's fucking Buckethead. That's that is true. Uh, yeah, you can't really avoid. That. I mean, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not like you're gonna have like sloppier Bucket guitars. No Bucket guitars. Monkey guitars. Um, yeah, uh, I liked uh, my my two favorite tracks were the last track mm-hmm. and track three, both mm-hmm. really strong songs. I I felt like mm-hmm. both longer songs. I think track three yeah. is like nine minutes long or something. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and track three is also like mostly nylon string guitar. Too, yeah, really and I liked nice. that. It was it's a very like moody yeah. nylon mm-hmm. string, which is good. Honestly, I I I think. Really, what I look for in a Buckethead album is a mix between distorted guitar, clean, delayed slash reverb guitar, uh-huh. and then nylon string. Yes, like I like all of those things. Yes, um, when he does just one of anything, I'm like, eh. But like you know, when he mixes it up and like finds a good way to like really push melody, yeah, on a lot of stuff, yeah. That that that's what I really get. Uh, I really want to put on the bucket. You know what I'm saying? Totally, totally. Um, yeah. A, a big yeah. I was a big fan of this one. I really, really enjoyed it. Honestly, like I, I would probably mm-hmm. rank it as one of the better pikes. Um, Straight up, no, 100. percent I w- I actually put here. I this is on my top three or five pikes. 100%. I can totally understand mm-hmm. that. It's probably mm-hmm. in there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Really enjoyable record. Uh, definitely one mm-hmm. I would recommend if you are listening to the Pikes. Hundred percent recommended. You should listen to that one. Yep. It's really good. Um, uh, what what do you think it would be a good soundtrack for? Um, like a ride you, or a movie or anything. What? Uh, you know, like I said, like some of the tracks reminded me of like a JRPG kind of feel. But if we're okay. gonna like extrapolate that out to like some kind of like theme park type event, I would say like a petting zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, is a good sound. This would be a good soundtrack for that. Um, or like, yeah, yeah, like a petting zoo. That's what I would think. Okay, interesting. So this one for me is um, this is the Nancy wagon. It's um, it's a roller coaster dedicated to his mom. And maybe, you know, Pike, uh, I think, what, 65, this actually dedicated to his mom, might work more into this. But, like, there's a lot of emotion and uh, vulnerability on this album that Buckethead, I don't think, regularly expresses. I mean, it's something he's obviously capable of, but I think it's something that only really shows itself on 
maximum like five percent of his material like there's yeah this is like you know either either ride just about his mom or maybe just like a soundtrack to a film with footage about him and his mom like just about the good times like there's there's a lot of love here there certainly is yeah, yeah, and I dig that, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's a that's a good feel, you know. I've got, I've got a love, a lot of love for my mom, and so when I listen to this, I felt love for my mom. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, I get that. Yeah, totally. I could definitely feel that. Mom. Yeah, it definitely felt like a, a very emotive record, um, in the mm-hmm. sense that uh, he's telling a story with with the music on display here and not that he isn't always telling a story you know i i, I think mm-hmm. that that's one of his stronger qualities that he tells stories through his music um but in the, in the in case of this one in here he's telling something uh something a little bit more profound than what he typically gets at and it's definitely worth uh experiencing mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely um pike 44 is mm. cleverly, I guess, titled after a a reference to a great film, a fine film, uh, a, d- a one, a dumb and dumber. You're it. You're it. You're it. Quincy's. Any Quincy's. You're it. Quincy's. No any Quincy's. No startsies. You can't do that. Can do. Cannot. Stamped it. Can do. Double stamped it. No erases. Cannot. Triple stamped it. No erases. Tough blue making it through. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lord, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lord, Lord, you guys. Enough. Yep, that's it. That's uh, that's the the iconic interchange, uh, in 1994's Dumb and Dumber. Yep. PG thirteen runtime one forty six thirty. Wait, what? I don't care. Um, Dumb and Dumber is not like over two hours long. <laughs> like, there's no I way. Said, I, I said one forty six thirty. Yeah. It, Dumb and Dumber is one hour and forty six minutes and thirty seconds long. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you meant that it was one hundred and forty six minutes. Uh, that would make it like well over two hours long and i was like that's ridiculous that would be amazing can you you imagine over two hours (laughs) of 1990s like coked out jim carrey like hell yeah can you imagine how exhausting that would be on your body like i mean we could just set up a a, like a playlist of films and i would have a, a 10 pack of abs after watching that film, just based on the anxiety I would put on my core, it would be, I mean, that, that honestly, like Jim Carrey in the nineties is such a good workout. Cause I'm like, this man hates himself. That is true. You know, he, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing with the best, like, impressionist comedians. Like, um, the reason they're so fucking good is because they fucking hate themselves and they're <laughs> going to die. And that's why all of them, like, either do drugs to death or commit suicide. Which is, like, I'm very honestly surprised Jim Carrey is still alive. He is weird, though. <laughs> he is super weird. But, I mean, so was... <laughs> super weird. So was... 
Robin Williams. Like Robin Williams was a not the same energy, but a similar a similar energy. Yeah. No, like yeah, a, a, yeah a, just a different generation of the same energy. Just like cocaine energy. Like, and I, I don't <laughs> think Jim Carrey does nearly as much cocaine as Robin Williams ever did. Robin Williams straight up did a ton of cocaine. In fact, one of my favorite quotes um, of all time, and maybe of is as well as, um, cocaine is God's sign that you make too much money. I kind of get that, but like, at the same time, I'm working class and I can afford coke. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, that's a predicament. Anyways, uh, oh. every song on this album, Pike 44, You Can't Triple Stamp a Double Stamp, is a reference mm-hmm. to the film Dumb and Dumber. Um, yep, basically, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. Yep. Um, honestly, I really liked this album. It's a fun one. Um, especially, it's, like, it starts off with some pretty, mm-hmm. like, impressive drum programming. Like, the drum programming mm-hmm. is very good on this record. Yeah. And the drum mix is a lot better. Um, it definitely sounds like tune track drums now, um, which is, you know, mm. I don't know. It's very standard, uh, but it, is, it does sound right. good. So I'm it, glad it, that he's that upgraded. I would actually say starting on Pike 43, the drums are better. Um, Pike 43, uh, mm-hmm. the drums, I mean, the drum programming isn't necessarily better, but the drum mix is better. It's more subtle. On Pike 43, um, everything, like nothing is overmixed, to be honest, which is like a first on pretty much any of his albums, uh, or any of the Pikes at least. Like It's, it's a really nice sounding Pike. It it's is. It is. Good. Like everything is super fucking dynamic, which is something that really doesn't happen on his albums often at all. Like usually everything is a little over compressed, a little heavy. And I, I totally get that. Cause like as a producer, that's how I make things. Cause I don't know any better and I'm not better than that. However, I feel at this point, Buckethead and Dan Monty who produce all of these albums together, maybe should have figured out a formula to where everything is a little bit more subtle, but, it, but we are talking about uh, 2014 at this point. Like when, I mean, this is like, uh, gosh, what was what was the big online streaming platform at this point? What do you mean? Was like, was Spotify, Spotify even around? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess Spotify has been around since like yeah. 20, 2010, 2012, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so I mean, like, I mean, and so this is very early days of like understanding how dynamics work with internet music, mm. basically. And I mean, this is the the early stages of Luffs. Anyway, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't. And uh, but what you it can was, do is you can listen to this heavy metal yeah. buckethead album. It, yeah, and so it was like it was super shreddy. Uh-huh. It was super proggy at a lot of points. It was probably the proggiest of the Pikes, I'd say. Yeah, there's a the there's an part. organ in the first song, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Oh, there, oh yeah, a hundred percent. There's an organ in the first song, and then, um, oh god, in like the seventh song too. Like, mm-hmm. there's uh, I mean, there there's some cool keyboards, but mostly this is just all about buckethead shredding, at 
like 32 beats per minute. Like he he does some crazy fucking shredding and riffing on all this. And like the drums are fucking fast. Yeah. It's just all like double bass and guitars matching the intensity of that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like uh yeah, it's it pretty is. aggressive, it's pretty heavy. He uses the baritone mm-hmm. guitar a lot in this one. Um it there's a lot of riffs. Um it's kind of thrashy and kind of death metal y in a couple of parts. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's good. It was a it was a good one. It was a fun one. Um yeah. I liked it. And I'm actually like um I'm gonna be honest. Um uh there there's a track that I think is missing. What? I think a uh, track should have been named something like this. Hey guys! Oh big golf, huh? Alright. Well, see you later. <laughs> yeah, th- that is missing. Right. You're right. I mean, may- maybe maybe he's saving it for us. Maybe he's planning on making a <laughs> big gulps. All right. Well, see you later. <laughs> album. But that is I like really... one of my favorite parts of that film. That that film is very quotable. Like it was one of my yeah. favorite films as a kid, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I I watched it a lot of times. There's a lot of things that I like about so, it. Um. It's a great film. Um, I still do it's, think it's very funny. Mm, there are some very no, funny it's, scenes. It's fucking great. Very funny mm-hmm. lines. No, it's it's very it's good. It's a masterclass on Jim Carrey. Like it's it's a masterclass on why Jim Carrey's actually funny. Like, and I will like also contest that a film released, I believe, in the same year, um, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, is a masterclass on why Jim Carrey is no longer funny. <laughs> And so, I mean, it's a very, you know, different size of the same coin. Yeah, like, Whoever. honestly, so Jim Carrey was, a, was a, a dude that I watched pretty much all of his films mm-hmm. when I was an adolescent, you know, when I was growing up. And it, I always felt like they were of varying degrees of quality. Right. Uh, so, even when like I was growing Adam up, Sandler, like, right? I really, really liked Dumb and Dumber, but mm-hmm. I, and I liked Ace Ventura, but it's I... Okay wasn't huge on it and i did not like ace ventura 2 like a lot of kids my age really liked ace ventura 2 and like i I, it did not appeal to me i still prefer ace ventura 2 to one Mm -hmm. i i I think it's actually more woke but dumber at the same time it's (laughs) it's a meme of a movie it's pre-meme and i understand that and i respect that so much like it's it's basically like jim carrey being like you're going to pay me how much to be how big of an asshole? And then he like, he owns that. He owns the budget. He owns being a fucking asshole. I mean, he's, he's something incredible. And you know, I, I almost feel the same way, uh, straight up about man on the moon when he was playing Andy Kaufman. Mm. Like, and apparently like uh, a lot of people on set, like hated working with him because he was um basically like method acting Andy Kaufman and just like getting way too into the character which um cool you know, it's something eh, it's something weird you know it's uh he's a weird something guy very, very 60s 70s like back when uh people didn't have internet and only had like hard drugs they could try out and so you there know, you go like, there you, you go know, yeah, and you never know, like, you know, if you're just hanging out with a person and one day they're like, 
I'm going to do fucking acid and coke and shrooms and just see how it is. Like, you know, like you now know. they can just go on Instagram, but like before that, True. they had to do True. all that, you know? A yeah. hundred. Well, I mean, you know, now, I mean, it's Instagram, something else. Like I, it's Instagram, something else. Maybe oh, we'll yeah. talk about that later. Maybe not. Anyway, um, Pike 45. The Coats of Claude. Yeah, this one was. It was, was a. It was. was right. It was a melodic guitar rock buckethead album. Yeah. So. So I. I yeah. I, I felt like it was kind of an extension of um, Pike Forty Four. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, but it was more atmospheric, more melodic, mm-hmm. but it still had the the same kind of intensity. A lot of points. Yeah. A, a lot of the same. You know. Sixteenth uh, and thirty-second note drums and guitar riffing. It was all right. Yeah, um, it was all right. You know, it was it was it was a very buckethead. Uh, I'd say it was definitely my least favorite out of these three albums. Agreed. But at the same time, it wasn't a bad album. I'd still yeah. probably put it in my top fifteen at this point. You know, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was. A, yeah. It was a good melodic guitar rock buckethead album mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, but it was overall i felt not very remarkable mm-hmm. outside of him playing to some of his strengths which he did oh, yeah. um I mean, it isn't to say it's a bad one but I, it's also not yeah. one i would say is essential listening if you're yeah, listening to the definitely pipes. not um I, i'd say if anything stands out on this album um it's stuff like um Maybe track five and six, uh, forked beak and dimly backlit eyeballs, respectively. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're a bit proggier than the rest of the album, uh, and he really gets into interesting time signatures. Um, I mean, not super interesting, but yeah, you know, he does he does off time stuff uh, with both the drums and guitar, and you know, I find that interesting because sure. you know, for the for the it's most different. part, you're looking at Buckethead as um, you know, basically like a 16th or 32 note block of everything. And he does sure. deviations out of that, mostly in leads and solos. But, you know, Buckethead is in ways predictable. This is true. Yeah. And this felt like a very, well, maybe not very, but it felt like one of the more predictable Buckethead yeah, albums. Absolutely. That isn't to say it was bad. I did no, enjoy listening to definitely it. Definitely not. Um, no, yeah. But it it was also pr- fairly mm-hmm. standard. Yeah. Um, what we but come to expect from the Pikes, one hundred percent. You know, it, but in the same breath, Pike forty three was fucking fantastic. Oh hell yeah! And Pike forty four, uh, you can't triple stamp, double stamp, was very good. Indeed, very uh, good. Pike forty five was all right. You know, it was, it was all right. um, yeah, it was. You know, for for a half an hour album for someone who's releasing albums like every fucking week, mm-hmm. this is a good effort. You know, yeah, I'm fine 100%. with it. I'm fine with it. It's not. It doesn't impress me like the previous two that we just talked about, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's it fuck. Totally fine. fine. Fuck, dog, um, you know? I would you know, agree if, with if you made an album in two weeks that sounded exactly like this, I'd be like, holy shit, dog, that's fucking dope. Yeah, hell yeah. But the fact that Buckethead did it, uh, I don't say that. I'm like, this is all right. Yeah, but yeah. Buckethead is a very special individual um, he who has clearly is. found 
mm-hmm. um, his calling and his passion, and he's mm-hmm. playing into that. And it's really interesting to hear the places that he takes it and yeah. what it is he's doing with his sound. Yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Yeah. And so, um, I think this would be an interesting, I, I feel like this is like a very, in a way, hmm, almost humanizing of Buckethead. It's it's like not super emotive, right? Because I don't mm-hmm. think that's who he is truly inside. And it's not super technical and robotic. Yeah. Because I don't think that's who he is truly inside. It's something a little bit like in between. And I don't know what Certainly. the coats of Claude actually reference because uh, I tried. Oh, to I actually it. saw this and I forgot yeah. to write it down. It, it's referencing like a Disney artist is it? named okay. like a Disney painter or something named Claude something or other. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I actually thought I, I, I mean, I referenced this, but um, I actually couldn't find anything on it. Yeah, I I, for, I forgot to screenshot it, but I did see it in a YouTube is it, comment. Is it, is it cl- oh yeah, okay. which we'll get okay, to. So, we'll get to that. We'll get right. to that. I have so, some lovely believe, things. So perhaps the coats of Claude um, is in reference to Claude Coates, who lived from January seventeenth, nineteen thirteen, to January 9th, nineteen ninety two. He was a artist, background artist, animator, and set designer. Uh, who mostly worked with Walt Disney Animation Studios oh. and uh, Walt Disney uh, Imagineering. Hell yeah. Uh, he worked a lot on the immersive installations and designs for Disneyland. Um, and nice. And he was, uh, he was... He was much like Buckethead, a very tall, at 6'6". Six, six. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And he was known in Disney as the Gentle Giant and uh, was inducted as a Disney legend in 1991. Hell yeah. And so this guy worked on fucking everything. I mean, do, you, want, like do you even want me to go off on this shit? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, so, let's just assume like no, no, he no, worked no, on no. everything. Hold up, hold up. Snow White and the Seven Doors, Pinocchio, Fantasia, okay. Dumbo. Uh, the Three Caballeros, Song of the South, Fun and Fancy Free, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, uh, Magic of Walt Disney, Fantasia 2000. Cool. Motherfucker was involved in a lot of shit. Yeah, clearly. He was a tall animating motherfucker you know yeah i had it i bet he had a big weird dick too a big weird dick totally like one of those dicks that's like Mm. it's like curved at a weird spot like it's got like a knee it curves like right at the very end like to a like a a 70 degree right (laughs) angle and you're just like wait what like that's a gorgeous dick but what happens right at the end like what the fuck like this is Man, that's a real twist ending. I gotta, I gotta, let's take a break real quick and then we'll come back with our new segment. Hello, 
it's our, it's our new segment, bitch. It's a, it's a special day. It's a lucky day. It's a beautiful is it, day. Is it uh, January 21st, 2021? Um, actually, it is a great day. Um, it's the, uh, it's, uh, inter, it's the World Oompa Day. One, two, one, two, <laughs> one, two. Wow. Okay. Uh, International <laughs> Polka Day. Uh, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So. I don't think you did. It was the best joke you've heard all year. Uh, <laughs> one, two, one, two, one, two, one. That's, that's all I got. Okay. Let them continue. Sorry. We've been thinking of a way to involve mm-hmm. the community into what we're doing here. And mm-hmm. what we came up with is our new segment. Now, we don't really have a name for it, but for right now, I'm going to call it Statements from the Void. Okay. And what it is are statements made by people um, on the YouTube postings for the albums that we listen to today. And mm-hmm. some of them are questions, some of them are statements, um, some of them are something else entirely and and we're going to talk about a a couple of them um that i have observed and uh and just you know bring light to these uh these bucket warriors out in their natural habitat talking about spreading the gospel the gospel the bucket gospel is it is it okay if i um i'm gonna rename your segment here okay it's gonna be Statements from the Bucket Boy. Bucket Boy. Bucket Statements from the Bucket Boy. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. Um, hit hit me. All right. Hit so me. our first, mm-hmm. our first uh, statement comes from YouTube user Terry Garrard, okay. um, who said, "I saw an interview on which." One say that Brian May is the best guitarist. I think it's wrong. The best is Buckethead. Interesting. So <laughs> let's let's first break down uh, any, anybody named Terry. Uh, can, can I tell you uh, how it's spelled? T. Okay, please do. Because I don't think it's how you, you think. Is um, it a T-A-R-R-I-E? No. Uh, what's, what, what is it? T-H-I-E-R-R-Y. What the fuck? I mean, I know you weren't expecting that. What? Okay, so either he's like Finnish, or his parents are fucking douchebags. Let's be honest, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, and I, I I come from you know being named Britain like the country. So yeah, you understand what is what it's like to be poorly named. Um, I mean, at the same time, you're named after. Spencer in charge, the incredibly forgotten television. Spencer for hire. Get it right, you dummy. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. I'm thinking of Charles in charge because Spencer (laughs) for hire is so much weaker than Charles in charge. Hey, it does feature Avery Brooks, later known from his role in Deep Space Nine. Star Trek as, as Benjamin Sisko. Really? Yeah. Was, was he in Star Avery Star Brooks is is one of the it, one of the main cast members of actually Spencer for Hire. Because I've never watched Spencer for I've never Hire watched it. We should you know, we should do a podcast about that show. Should we? Yeah. I mean, it'd be funny just because you're named after it. Yeah, that's the, the idea. Same time, <laughs> I have no desire to watch that at all. Like, Me either, but like I that's mean, a great reason. It's probably not very long. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. 
Maybe I mean, it's like, super fucking long. I don't know. It, then yes, but like if I'm doing it for free, probably not. Um, like this is this is honestly kind of past my limit of what I'm willing to do for free at this point. Like <laughs> I really don't give a fuck about Buckethead. Like he's good. <laughs> he's really great. He's like a very competent musician. But like when you pitch this podcast, I was like, I mean. Yeah, that's I mean something you need. Sure. So so why not? And then like, <laughs> you know, forty five albums in, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, I mean, so so much more just than this podcast. Like, it, it's really begun to like bring up like deep existential questions. Like, yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll write like titles for the podcast, and I'll be like, God, that's actually like too deep of a question for anybody to answer including myself so i'm gonna like change the wording um hell yeah i mean really like um yeah that's uh but 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 at the same time like you know buckethead is like important art that is addressing like emotions that at least he's feeling um and that i don't think are easy to express in completely musical ways yeah. And so what he's trying to do and what he's achieving, I think is important. It's definitely right. important. I, yeah. I definitely think that what he's doing is interesting. Right. And that makes all these comments that I see all the more interesting. Mm-hmm. These fans of Buckethead, oh, these yeah, Buckethead yeah. Give, individuals, give me, give me these individuals one, seeking out the please. bucket knowledge and mm-hmm. spreading it. No, please, please spit another one at me. So me uh, our next statement comes from YouTube user Nick Duckworth. He says... Mm-hmm. Or they say, listen yes. to this on LSD. And then YouTube user 813 Lynch responded, says, been there, done that. Bucket yeah. works for all mind frames. Oh, yeah, dog. Tell me what I you mean, feel about that. Do you so, think that bucket works for all mind frames? I'm going to be honest. Um, I, I am a fan of LSD. I, it is known. I'm a real proponent of LSD in as much that, you know, I wouldn't consider myself an acid dealer. However, I buy <laughs> large quantities of acid and then sell them at cost to myself. Basically, is like I, I consider myself in a way like a Johnny acid seed. Like I want <laughs> I want people to experience what LSD has to offer to their lives. Um like LSD is mother fucking incredible and mm-hmm. um i mean you've 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 had some of the stuff that i've had i and have I, you, yeah you microdosed it i don't know if you ever like took some full tabs or anything but i did not ever take a full tab of yeah. it but what i did is i chopped it up with a razor blade and i did mm-hmm. take little pieces here and there Beautiful. just to see what would happen yeah. um and it was interesting certainly interesting. Mo- no. the 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 handful of times i did it were all like uh mostly good experiences except for one time where i yeah. <clears throat> I guess I took more than I had intended to and like mm-hmm. it hit me in a very like weirdly intense way. Right. And like what happened was it was not like nece- I didn't necessarily get like a ton of uh like visual stuff, but mm-hmm. everything started looking very pinched. Like I was looking through yeah. a filter on a camera. Mm-hmm. Um I like everything that. was like pinched Compact. perspective and it was like yeah. shifting slightly mm-hmm. and it was like mm-hmm. hard to maintain like direct focus on, an, on, a, mm-hmm. on a single object. Um, it was so, interesting. I mean, so, I mean, that's, 
that's like the start of visuals you get at like maybe half a dose at most. Yeah. I would, I mean, if you'd like to, and I will provide this free of charge with you, we should take an acid trip sometime. Like both take a couple doses together and just like hang out for the day, you know? Yeah. Could be cool. All right, so YouTube user Jitar, I'm going to say that that's how that's pronounced. It's G-I-T-A-R. Ask us a question. Well, I guess they don't ask us this question. They ask the universe this question. We're going to try to answer it. Mm -hmm. He says, does Buckethead even still wear his bucket and mask when recording? What do you think? When recording? That's Mm -hmm. a very good question. I mean, so... I don't of, think that he does. <laughs> but. I don't I don't think so either because I mean specifically he's really just it's either him alone, like at a computer, or maybe him and Dan Monty. But I honestly think it's mostly just him alone and a computer. Yeah. Dan Monty does like touch ups, uh bass stuff, and drum programming for the most part. I, I can't prove any of this because the recording like phase and like recording process is so secretive mm-hmm. on all of the pikes. Like I don't, I honestly don't think we've ever seen a live recording video of any of the pikes at this point. Yeah. That's, true. Anyhow, that, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say probably not, but who knows? Mm-hmm. It could be cool. Um, yeah. YouTube user J Janky J A H N K E says J Jankum. He's high on the Jankum. <laughs> yes, Jankum. Okay, um, J Jankum. Right, a so. fellow follower of BH. This is just BH in all caps. A yeah. fellow follower of BH once said, "The more I listen to BH, the more I find myself listening to Buckethead." <laughs> the statement really got me like when i when i read it because like i don't understand why he abbreviated buckethead before but then didn't later on yeah can i um would you mind uh i mean before i try to interpret this can i take a dab of crack cocaine <laughs> i think that's the only thing that would help in this interpretation i that's uh. The more I listen to BH, <laughs> the more I understand the same person I just referenced. Yeah. Uh, um, let's let's yeah, imagine like, that BH you know for what, butthole. You know what? The more the more I listen to Beethoven <laughs> symphonies, the more I understand this guy Ludwig von Beethoven. <laughs> you know, like. Yep. I mean, the two, I know they're different things, but they're, they're kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is true. It's not. It's, it's false. False metal, for sure. It's a false, it's a false equivalency of false metal. Um, YouTube user Joe Marie Moldovan says, I'm an old Hendrix fan from back in the 60s. Parentheses. Yeah, I'm old, and I love Buckethead, but Jimmy is still the best. His stage presence has never been duplicated. Now, this was a comment just on a random fucking pike, and I'm like, 
what does fucking Jimi Hendrix have to do with any yeah, of this shit? Very like, shut up. What is going on? I can name at least 10 guitarists who are both better and have better stage presence than Jimi Hendrix. Dude, there's like However, infinite Jimmy, guitar Jimmy players. Hendrix, dude, there's so many good guitar mm, players, yeah, dude. There's so many mm, fucking crazy 100%. like shredders. At the same time, um, lately uh, I work at a grocery store, and for right. some reason someone has been putting on like the uh, experience Hendrix station on the radio at our store. And so today I had to listen to um, a live version of the Jimi Hendrix experience. Let me stand next to your fire. Yeah. Okay. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad song. Um, And honestly, live Jimi Hendrix fucking kills um i i don't jimmy hendrix is not my favorite recorded artists of all time sure but i do respect the the presence he had with live performance like dude i i have the same thing with a lot of artists like the recordings are good but their live performance is better and I will canonize them for their live performance and only really listen to their recorded performance because I respect their live performance so much. Yeah. No. Yeah. For Jimmy, for me, like, yeah. it was influential when I was, like, first, like, kind of getting into music. Yeah. Um, because, like, he was really influential in, in terms of, like, I mean, the be- like, the beginning of what became like heavy rock in the 70s yeah. and then later I mean, heavy metal in the 80s. If you play and, a chromatic solo, you owe a debt to Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I mean he blazed a lot of trails. He like really he he reinterpreted what the guitar is capable of in a lot of ways and yes. a lot of people really respect that for good reason. Um I I have never been huge about his music, but I do respect his like influence. I remember reading a book about him when I was a kid. Uh, it was like a it was like a biography of him, but it was like written like a fiction novel. It was very weird. Um, but I read this book about him, and he lived an interesting life. I, I would have been really interested to hear like what kind of music he ended up making if he had not died so young. Statements from the Bucket Boy. Bucket Boy. What do you got to recommend for me, dog? Uh, what I would recommend to you, fried rice, dude. Like, honestly, like, I'm obsessed with fried rice now. Mm. Oh, and, like, let me give you a recommendation. Make your yeah. rice, put mm-hmm. it in the fridge, let it get cold, yep. mm-hmm. then fry that biatch. 100%. You got you to gotta cool it for at least, like, 24 hours. Yeah, the and it makes on, it so on, like, good. Pan. Yeah, so, so you yeah. got to dehydrate the rice and then rehydrate it with oil and I mean, you don't use egg, but um, have you tried just egg? No, I haven't tried egg replacement. Stuff. Holy shit, dog! You gotta try just egg straight okay. up. Um, it's it's fucking nuts. It's crazy good egg replacement, a hundred percent. Like, cool. You will you will get so into it, and I'm sure you can find it. Uh, it's like every, that stuff's everywhere. I've seen that. Yeah, no, yeah, just. Just only has like five products, yeah. But all of them are fucking phenomenal. I've heard they're good. 
Yeah, yeah. No, One of my 100%. friends was texting me about that earlier yeah. today, actually. Yep. Said it was True. good. 100%. And yeah. No, oh, yeah. You, you will have uh, vegans fucking brigading you on this bullshit. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've been making fried rice a lot lately and mm. also buying fried rice from places in the world. Uh, it's yeah. really good. I think it's really tasty. It's, it's one mm. of those things that I go in phases with. Like, I'm not into yeah. it all the time. But when I mm. am into it, I'm like big into it. And like, yeah. one thing I've come around on, honestly, is brown rice. Like, I used to really like brown mm. rice when I was younger. And like, yeah. honestly, fuck brown rice i go for white rice all the motherfucking time and it's so so fucking sick and it's so fucking good and it fucking rules and fuck brown rice i fucking love white rice white rice is so motherfucking good it's so fucking good good. it's It's amazing it's better in that you know it's better it's It's unquestionably better it's just like but the thing is it's like only like 15 or 20 percent really better and so like you like weigh the health benefits and everything and you're like white rice and it sucks because like you really should always go for white rice because like i mean you know i want to be like 175 pounds and just like a skinny evil bitch but at the same Uh time i just want that fucking rice dude i just fucking love white rice so much like i, I eat it all the time i love it it's so fucking good i haters gonna hate like, and you know what that's okay but yeah, also white yeah. rice fucking rules right like 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 they call things fried rice but like i've never had like a deep fried rice and that's what i actually want out of life like you take like some pre-cooked rice and just put some egg in there and drop it in a fucking deep fryer yeah that doesn't exist that's what that I want. That doesn't exist. No. No. Like you, you want like a like a fried rice stick, mm, like like yeah, at absolutely. a fair or a block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. you know, you know how it, like you get the fucking uh, the curly fries, the fair, and they give you a fucking the block, big ass fucking like yeah. six by six. It's so sick. That's square. such a fucking rad thing. It makes no, me so stoked. Yeah, like, I fucking love those fucking fries, power, dude. That's a power food move right there. Yeah, it is. I, I wish like all meals were like that. Like if I had two or three meals a day that were just fucking enormous squares <laughs> that were like untenable. It would feel really good. A hundred percent. Like that that's yeah. how I want my nutrition. Instead I'm like taking like five different gov- gummy vitamins because I don't want to actually like swallow pills. And um What's with people and being weird about swallowing pills? Like, I've never had any weirdness with swallowing I, pills. I swallow them dry. Like, I don't even, uh, like, drink any water or anything. Like, no. I've never had any issue with it at all. Like, I don't understand this people. People dog, get so weird about dog, swallowing well, pills. Like, I don't sure. get it. You should get into sucking dick if you're into just swallowing pills dry. Because, like, I mean, I'm, I'm into sucking dick, but I have to have, like, a lot of lubrication and, uh, like, extra, like, liquid to swallow pills. So, Interesting. Like, maybe you should suck a dick dog. Yeah, I guess maybe. Maybe I like maybe I have skills that are just going to waste here. Who like, knows? Who knows? I don't know. Like, I mean, find find a fucking hot chick with a big dick. That's Dope. sick as fuck. Like, you know, that, that's a, that's a cool. That's a cool thing. Yeah. Well, do we have an email address that people can email us we, at? Britt? We do. Um, it's going to be um. Actually, let me, let me look this up real quick. I mean, you you can find it on our website. However, um, I, I want I want to at the end of the episodes, I want to I want to shout out our email. 
Okay. I want to see if anybody emails us. I would actually really enjoy to get like uh, listener questions. So we are available to email at getting head a podcast at gmail.com. Wonderful. Send those emails. Send us anything. I don't care. Send us yeah. pictures of your dick. That's cool. Yeah. Whatever. Shut up. We haven't gotten any dick pics yet. Yeah, we'll we'll rate your cock, dude. Like, send it. Oh, god damn. I will... (laughs) We will not... Shut. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm sorry. I got a little drunk in the middle of the podcast, and I'm hiccuping now. (sighs) Okay. So, if you send your dick into us, I will give you... I will will literally spend 20 to 30 minutes on your cock. Actually breaking down what's good and bad about it. All right, Britt, where can we follow your nice fucking dick on the internet? If, if you want to see my nice fucking dick, um, hit me at, at uh, the queer goth on Instagram or um, at Brit Straw, S-T-R-A-H, B-R-I-T-S-T-R-A-H at gmail.com. Hey, uh, if anyone wants to see your dick, where can they hit you up, dog? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm New Metal Karate Society on Instagram. Uh, go ahead and follow me. Uh, you will regret it. Well, this has been Britain Ryan Straw. And this has been Spencer. You've been listening to Kinghead. A bucket cast. Stay greasy. Bucket Namaste. <laughs> that was good and weird. <laughs>